everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance of the Goal, presented by Now in a Coastal Barbecue. I'm your host, Marcus Bullock, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Brett Galt. What's going on, Brett? Yo, Marcus, back for another week. I Can you believe that we're, we, we didn't really talk about this last week, but like we're we're over the halfway point now. Very we're upsetting. Now. I know. <laughs> Once you get to it, it just flies by, doesn't it? It does. Uh, week seven in the books. Looking forward to a great week eight. Week seven was a heater, so we're going to try to keep the same thing going. Um, no guests this week. Uh, we had a call out and then the backup called out. So um, just me and you didn't want to get anybody in a bind last minute. But um, it, just talking before the show, it looks like we both have light slates for the most part. Um, if we could go a combined 10 and 0, uh, plus now on a Colts barbecue to make it 11 and hit a three leg power parlay, uh, that sounds good to me. And, you know, the lines are getting. Like really tight, like you said, Vegas is like wisening up. You took advantage of them and hit them hard earlier on in the year. But I mean, it's kind of like let's just go to the bar, take a couple shots, get drunk like we need to, and let's just head on home after that. Yeah, I, I mean, I was definitely taking advantage of them at the very beginning. I mean, I started off hot, but last couple of weeks it's been Vegas has been a little more tight with the spreads, over unders, and everything like that. And I've I've struggled to adjust. Let's just say that. Uh, you can say it's still a struggle, but you're still. I mean. Nine games up overall in the season, or excuse me, um, yeah, eight games up overall in the season. It, it, you're in a good spot. I'd say the guests are in a good spot. I'm in a pretty good spot um, with a power parlay hit last week. So last week overall was 18 and eight. Um, I will go ahead and recap the week that was. So now in Coastal Barbecue, one and zero. Auburn LSU over 60. I also had that play on my card, and I was seven and two. Um, I really did like last week's slate. I got off to a rough start on Saturday. Uh, Rutgers laying five was a miss. Maryland, I mean, lost outright. Yeah. 13 and a half, never had a shot. But then I went 7-0 and for the rest of the day, and that felt really good. Um, Illinois, Maryland, under 51 and a half, that hit. Oregon, plus three and a half. Um, they did cover against Washington, and that was a great game. We can circle back there if needed. I really felt like Florida was going to beat South Carolina. You know, it's just one of those spots where the Gators typically don't lose to the Gamecocks. I don't care if it's home or away, so Florida – Got it done on the field and covered two and a hook. LSU laying 10 and a half, never a down against Auburn. Auburn LSU over 60, one of my favorite plays. And then Mizzou plus two and a half. Mizzou got down to a 14-0 start, came storming back. Had a fake punt there that went for six. I mean, it was it was, it was, was wild in Columbia. And then Chapel Hill just beat Miami. I mean, handled them, worked them every sense of the word. So Chapel Hill covered three. Um, seven wins, two losses for me. Brings me to 35-27-3 and three for the season. And again, I'm looking forward to a quick, light slate. Get in, get out, and you know, let's pump that record up. Yeah. Uh, after me, Chase. Chase was six and three. I think this is Chase's first appearance where he's come on the show and actually, uh, you know, did, did us a favor. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> usually we have him around bowl season, right? And he usually picks everything wrong around bowl season. Yeah, I think like one time he went like like one in twelve in bowl yeah. season. Maybe like two years ago it was rough, but. Good six and three for Chase. I'm um, doing the guess uh, well. Uh, his six wins, two lane, lane, four and a hook. Uh, UMass Penn State over 54 and a half. Georgia Vandy over 55 and a half. Florida, South Carolina over 50. USC, Notre Dame over 60. I'm starting to spot a trend here. And then his last win for the week was Oregon State laying three and a half late night. Um, Oregon State did get the dub there. And three losses for him. Fresno State laying five and a hook. He needed half a point less there uh, to push. Rutgers did not cover five. and uh, Marshall did not cover um, one and a half. So, you know, 
pretty good week for Chase and his standards. Our guests overall for the season coming in, doing us right, 25-16-2. And, and then uh, Brett, not terrible last week, 4-3, and three, uh, year four wins. Iowa plus 9.5, great call. Oregon, Washington over 66 and a hook. Notre Dame laying 2.5, and, and then Oregon State laying 3 and a hook. And three losses for you. Colorado laying 12 and a half. That was a, that was funny. Maryland laying thirteen and a half, and then Louisville minus seven at Pitt. Um, what did you think about your slate? I the Maryland one kind of I was shocked by that. Louisville, you called me, you told that you told me there's gonna be a trap. It was indeed a trap. And the Colorado game that Friday night or whatever, you know, I went to bed around twelve thirty. You know, it was twenty nine zero. I was feeling pretty good about that. And then I wake up the next morning and it, I saw they lost in double overtime. So they really screwed me. I really thought I had that one. So other than that, I knew USC was a fraud. They showed that Oregon State continues to play well. Wisconsin's bad. I mean, you lose that bad. I mean, would they back up quarterback too? Yeah, they yeah. don't. Yeah, I mean, Iowa just. I always got a great. You know, I was dead last in offense in the FBS or one thirty three out of one thirty three. Um, and and they still have a chance to win their division. I know. That, that yeah, that's how bad the Big Ten is. Besides the three, the big three there, and then Oregon, uh, Washington, like you said, fantastic game. Um, that was back and forth the whole time. I mean, it was, it was kind of what we figured was going to end up happening with that game. Yep. So four and three brings you to twenty-seven, nineteen, and three overall for the season. Not as hot or as wide as the margin as you started out with, but dude, you're still doing as well. I mean, the show ninety-one. 65 and 7. There ain't a lot of gambling shows that have records like that. So that's a true testament to us. You know, we're reading the games right and we're doing pretty damn good this year. Famous last words. Uh, and um, our guests are coming in, getting it done, but nobody to uh, help help us kick the can down the road this week. So um, we can go ahead and dive into week eight. Actually, I want to pause. Can we go back to the Oregon Washington game? Because we do need to give that justice. That was one of the, my favorite football games that I've watched this year. I mean, I I told you guys at the beginning of the year to watch out for Washington because I really like Penix. That was actually my first time really watching them. The only other time I watched Oregon was against um, Colorado when they just smoked them. So I only watched about a half of that. But the the atmosphere was wild. Penix can I mean Penix throws a beautiful ball, doesn't he? Especially down the field. It's great. I mean, it is insane. Uh, it's just beautiful. Um, he's got to be the Heisman favorite right now. I don't. I mean, after Caleb Williams threw three interceptions against Notre Dame, I think he's the clear cut uh, Heisman favorite right now. So, but yeah, it, it lived up to the hype, and I still think each team kind of holds their own destiny as going forward in the Pac-12 because there's a good chance that those two teams could end up facing off against each other again in the Pac-12 championship. It, that's the beautiful thing about the new format and you know it's the last year of the Pac-12 but we can get uh, Washington Oregon again we can get Clemson Florida State again uh, Duke may have something to say about it this week down in Tallahassee and Chapel Hill may have something to say about it too because I think in their next few games they have uh, or at least four their last I think their last four games are Duke Campbell Clemson and NC State so I mean the ACC is going to be really interesting uh, going down the stretch Louisville sitting there with one loss not completely out of it either it's dude, these conference races are going to be really good. And like, again, a lot of the divisions are out of the window. Um, so you're just going to get the two best teams. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be. I I got a I got a towards the end of the show. I want to bring up something to you that I've kind of heard on a radio show that I thought was very interesting, but we'll tease that for the end. But I'm I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Okay, right, well, I'm excited to hear it. So um, hold that thought, and let's go ahead and jump into the week. So since I was the leader in the clubhouse, I will start us off. I'm going to the Service Academy game. I know what we usually do in Service Academy games is take the under, right? But I'm going to fade it. I'm going to take the under. Looks like the lowest number I can get is under 34. Mm-hmm. I had it earlier in the week at 37 and a half, so I have some value here. For those of you who have not watched the Mountain West this year, and give or take, I haven't watched a lot of it, but when I do, I usually watch Air Force, and that's because Air Force's offense is so exciting to watch. Big play after big play after big play. Um, in five of Air Force's games this year, they put up 42, 39, 45, 49, 34. Um, you can say that Navy's going to want to slow the game down, a couple limited possess- possessions, but I still think Air Force can clear this number by themselves. I wouldn't be shocked if this scores like a 31 to 14, 31 to 10 kind of game. I think that Vegas is catching up with the over-unders. I think that, you know, service academy offenses are probably changing a little bit to where you see Air Forces, you know, more possessions, big plays, big plays. So I think this number is a tick too low. I'm going to play over 34 for uh, Air Force and Navy. Do you think the reason why it's that low is because – you know, they think Navy's built to be able to guard it a little better because they also run the same offense? I think, no, I wouldn't say as much of that as much as it probably is, you know, the new clock rules. A yeah. lot more time is going to be burned. But I, I need Air Force to, you know, stay on track and keep hitting this big place. I, if that happens, I think we can cover this number easily. I don't hate it. I don't. <clears throat> All right, um, and I think we each have five, so we can just uh, go shot for shot here. All right. Um, <clears throat> I like uh, – I got Oklahoma. They're playing UCF, a UCF team that has not been able to get a win yet in the Big 12. Um, <clears throat> gosh, I'm stuck in my throat. Uh, anyway, they're, uh, they're a 17.5-point favorite. I got 17.5. I, I think this is Dylan Gabriel's, you know, former team. He used to play at UCF, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma kind of runs the rest of their schedule pretty easily, if I'm being honest. So I, I kind of like this. I like them in the spot. They've been throwing a lot of points up. Uh, UCF just got killed by Kansas last week, and that's a that was with their backup quarterback Bean. So I, I like Oklahoma here in the seventeen and a half. This game scares me a little bit. UCF. Let's look at let's look at what they've done lately. They they haven't done well lately. I well because if you remember a couple of weeks ago they were up big on Baylor and then choked. That yeah, up. that's right. Yeah, that did yeah. happen. I mean, because they they have a big game coming up next week when West Virginia comes to town. They're coming off three losses. Close game against Kansas State. Close ish. Really close game against Baylor, as you said, and Kansas got got on them. Yeah. It might be the right side. Oklahoma's arrested after Red River. Um, probably want to make a statement. I think Gabriel is going to want to – because, you know, this is former team, like I just mentioned, so I think he's going to want to put up points. Um, so I, I kind of – I just like them in the spot. 
I think this may be hook territory, but I hope you uh I hope you avoid it. I do too. If they can get up, yeah, I mean I can see that. I'm just hoping I mean, I I think this is an improved um Oklahoma defense as well. So we'll All see. right. Well, I'm gonna take us down sixty four here in North Carolina. We're heading to the swamp in Greenville. UNC Charlotte is traveling to East Carolina to face the Pirates in the Boneyard. Afternoon kick, nice chilly day. Uh, Purple Haze going to be playing. Do I want to take the Pirates here laying six and a half? Hell no. I'm not laying Charlotte either, either because their offense is god-awful. But I am going to take under 40 and a half points here. I had 41 and a half earlier in the week. Um, loss of point of value there. Shouldn't be that big because I think 42 is probably a little bit more of a key number there. But if you just look at what these two teams have done this season, it is pretty so. much – it's been abysmal. It's a 1-5 team versus a 1-5 team. In the last three games, UNCC has scored 7, 16, and 0 against Navy. They couldn't even kick a field goal or sniff the end zone. Um, East Carolina, as my buddy Dylan put it to me, he said they couldn't beat a JV high school football team. 10 points against SMU, 17 against Rice. Um, they – tried to hang with App State, and, of course, they worked Gardner-Webb. But we saw ECU struggle with a Marshall team, um, who's decent, and just scored 13 there. Two bad offenses. The defenses may be a little bit ahead of where the offenses are. So I like the under 40.5. I can see this being a a 13-9 kind of game or, I guess, 17-14. I'm not feeling this 40 in a hook. So give me under in the boneyard. Oh, I hate that. I mean, both teams suck, so like you said, all, offensively they both suck, so defenses should be able to to do well there. Um, all right, I'm, I'm heading to Mizzou. Uh, they got uh, South Carolina coming to town. I was pretty high on South Carolina at the beginning of the year, but um, that's that's definitely gone down. Down Missouri is playing good ball. Um, like you said, they came back against Kentucky last week. They're they're only a seven and a half point favorite here. That's what I got. Is that what you have? Yeah. Yep. Seven um, and a half. So I, I like them to cover here. Um, I, I think I think they're good. I I think one of they're one of the better teams in the SEC to be honest. And South Carolina is just struggling. So I, I like them to I like them to cover. What's over? What's over under on this? Fifty eight and a half or fifty nine? How whichever way you want it. I might take the over here too. I might add that because I mean South Carolina can score. There's no doubt about that. Um, I mean they went in a shootout with Florida last week, but also they're going to get scored on too. So I could see this maybe like a thirty twenty five kind of game, maybe. Yeah, all day. So I'll take the over on that too. That's probably going to bite me in the ass, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay, let's do it. That is also the Pipe and Hot Pick of the Week presented by Nalano Coastal Barbecue. They are on South Carolina, Missouri, over 58 and a hook. Um, straight from the horse's mouth, everything with, that you said, um, they see it too. So I'm staying away because I don't want to hurt you guys. Although last week it definitely paid off. I've been on a couple. Um, but good luck. I think you're on the right side of both of those games. Missouri's a touchdown and a half better than South Carolina for sure. On both yeah. sides of the football. I wish it was seven, but I'll take the I'll take the seven and a half. 
if you yeah for for those of you check your books that would be a point worth buying yeah but i think seven times out of ten missouri covers that yeah just the way that south carolina's playing right now and they're going away so all right, well, um, let's hit the horns and go to CBS 330. Um, Brett, you can probably see in my background that I'm not at home. I'm in Winston-Salem at Tennessee Trevor's house. Um, shout out to Trevor and Carly. They are expecting a baby boy next month, so they are having a baby shower this weekend. Nice. So that's why we're in town. Um, yeah, Tennessee, Bama. Obviously, I'm pulling for the Vols here. Trevor, I got his opinion. He said that he's now in the spot, you know, in the week, heading up to kick to where he thinks that Tennessee can win the game. Um, and cover they go as milton goes he said and my question to him was you know can tennessee stop the deep ball because if you can't stop the deep ball i mean milrose just gonna bomb it on you if joe milton plays well he thinks that tennessee can get it done on the field i expect to cover for sure um when i saw this at nine earlier in the week i was on it still on it at eight and a half i think this should maybe be a four or five point game really again Bama, bama hasn't really done anything spectacular to make me believe that they can, you know, beat a good team handedly. I mean, we saw what they did against A&M. It... See, this game, this game I, if I, I was about to pick this game, but I was about to be on the other side, honestly, because uh-huh. it, what is Tennessee showing you? I mean, you know, the one game where it was the big game where they went away, it was at Florida, and they got drugged. And, I, I mean, honestly, I – I still don't see it with, with Joe. <laughs> yeah, did. yeah, I don't see it with Joe. I, I just he hasn't proved anything to me where he's where he's like the guy and he can go into a hostile environment and pull it off. So I just I don't see it with him. I, I think Alabama wins this game, honestly. Like I, I really just don't see Tennessee going into there. Do you win. think they cover though? No, I don't. I, I I, I've almost took this one because I can see this being like a 10 point game because I, I just, Joe Milton, I just don't have faith in. I really don't. But the, the one thing that scares me about Bama, you know, is the way that they let Arkansas come back last weekend. Mm-hmm. What the heck was that? And I will say, notoriously watching Joe Milton, he plays a little bit better in the second half as I think a lot of quarterbacks do. But then again, his arm is so big. If Tennessee does get down, he's just going to say, like, F it and just throw that thing. His, his defense hasn't even been good that, this year, really, though. You know, well, that was, no, that's what he was known for. But I No, Tom, like, the pre- I mean, obviously he doesn't have Hyatt, um, like, to throw to as, as one of, like, the best targets in the last 10 years at Tennessee, Belinda Kauf winner. But, again, I think – Worst case, Tennessee can backdoor cover this. I know they will not quit, and Heupel will not roll over. Um, if they get down by like seventeen or fourteen, he's going to yeah. keep chopping at it. So, with a little bit more than a touchdown, I'll take the balls here. If I have to backdoor it, sure, but there is a slight chance that I think they cover. And one thing that I haven't like seen on Twitter a lot, or just like really felt in my bones, I don't really feel like Bama has a revenge factor. Like, yeah, well, I mean, like for this game, you know. Yeah, like Bryce Young is no longer on the team. You know, I feel like the guys that were really there last year are not really on the team. Yeah, exactly. It just kind of feels like just another game. Yeah. Not a lot on the line here. So, I mean, if Bama is, doesn't get up for it like they should, um, Tennessee can probably hang around a little bit longer than they should. And 
I think this will play into my favor. I wish you luck on that. It will not be in the power parlay. <laughs> yeah, I just I can see it going either way, honestly. But I just I got to see more from Milton to be able to have faith, honestly. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I have two more ACC games. Uh, you, I I have one ACC game as well. I'm interested. Let's hear your ACC game. We probably play in the same one. Well, we might not be. I mean, but I, I have Pitt going to Wake. Oh wow. Um. This is kind of a little off the radar, you know. Wake's actually a one-point favorite here. I don't think this is that good of a Wake team either. Um, I think Pitt has new life ever since they, they got the new quarterback in there. You know, Djokovic is tight end. They they played well last week. You know, they actually have an offense now. Uh, the defense is kind of feeding off the offense. So I, I'm trying not to read into this too much, but I, I like Pitt here to cover the one. Um, I think they found something new. I still don't get why it took them so long to change Jerkovic out of there, but I think I think they found new life here, and I like Pitt to cover one against Wake. Can get you one and a half. I'll take that too. No read on that game. Um, that that's going to be close again here in Winston. <laughs> maybe the football team will go get some Krispy Kreme before the game, get all sugared up, and um, I mean maybe cover. But this is this is going to be probably a pretty ugly game to watch i don't yeah. know if you plan on getting eyes on this yeah i ain't gonna watch it but i'm, bet, I'm betting it all right i will go to one of my favorite plays this week and i hate to say it but chapel hill's gonna beat the hell out of virginia um lay the 23 and a half oh, wow. it's moving up to 24 but yeah 23 and a half i think chapel hill can probably score in the low 50s if they want to I don't think Virginia could score in the 20s um, if they started, you know, on like the opposite 45 every every time they got the ball. What's the over-under on that? Uh, I haven't clicked it, but I would assume the over-under is probably going to be low 50s. Yeah. 56, 56 and a half, 57. You and see not cover that by themselves. Like I say, Chapel Hill is going to throw up a big number here, and their defense is, I mean – a lot better than last year. I mean, literally seeing the defensive back room for three years under Dre Bly and and Mac Brown just get torched every single week. They actually have continuity back there. Um, They had a bunch of five stars and four stars back there, but five stars and four stars don't don't help you tackle on the field or or cover a damn fade route. But I think they have the personnel in there that they actually like. And, I mean, Dre Bly leaving, the team looks a lot better coached. So give me Chapel Hill to Stonewall, Virginia, and um, throw up a big number. So I'm going to take 23 and a hook for the holes. Yeah, this is one I looked at as well, but I'm staying away because it's such a big number. If there's any number to lay 23 and a half on this, Virginia. Yeah. Poor Virginia. Poor people. <laughs> um, I, I'm, gonna, I'm heading out to the Big Ten once again. Um, Iowa, who I liked last week, they're a three and a half point favorite against Minnesota. I'm I'm laying this. Minnesota's bad. Do with with the offense, you're gonna lay it. Yeah, even with the offense, because I think I think they're gonna be able to get up a touchdown and then just play defense. Right? I mean, it could be a seven zero game, but I'm gonna take it. You did you're choosing some clunkers of a game. I know <laughs> this it. <week>. <laughs> the last two, Iowa, Minnesota, Pitt, Wake, dude. I don't think you want to watch those. 
no, I'm not going to watch them, but I, I like, I like what I see because I, I was surprised as Iowa spread wasn't a little higher, maybe like six or something like that. Because like I said, Minnesota is not a good team. Yeah, no, Minnesota sucks. And I, th- I think the weather's not. I don't know how well the weather's supposed to be. I mean, you could play the under probably. I mean, the the over under should probably be about twenty five. I know it's not, but yeah. When I saw Minnesota lose to uh, Northwestern, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew there was an issue there. Yeah, that's when you know it's bad. Is PJ Fleck on the hot seat? Oh, he's not rowing the boat anymore. I can tell you that the boat's sinking. The sad thing is, I don't know who else Minnesota thinks that they can get. I don't either. I don't know how NIL is in Minnesota. I would assume not that great. Um, probably bottom third of the league. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like you know people um, calling for Doran for NC State. It's like who else are you gonna get? I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, very it's, similar. It's kind of how it, even though I'm not a huge Doran guy, but I don't really know who else you get. I mean, especially against. Losing like they did last week to Duke with that when the guy throws four passes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. This one real. All right, I got one more left. This is my favorite play of the week. I will be donating this to the hat, seeing that Brett has no more ACC plays. Give me Clemson laying three and Coral Gables. Clemson's just a better football team than Miami. They've been playing well, minus the weight game. That was a little yeah. cause for concern. But, I mean, you could easily go back and say Clemson dominated Syracuse. They should have beat Florida State, dominated FAU. I think that Dabo and his team have finally turned the page. And, again, they're not completely out of the ACC race right now. I mean, two losses hurts, but a lot of those teams and heavy hitters, like, play each other, starting with Duke and Tallahassee this week, which we also need to discuss before we get out of here, to where Dabo's going to have them boys peaking at the right time. And if they can somehow – with tiebreakers, you know, get in, barring like Duke and Florida State go off the tracks, quarterback injury, you know, we've already seen Riley Leonard go down. Yeah. Jordan Travis, does he stay healthy? Notoriously, he's always hurt too. So, um, get, give me Clemson. This is this is a Dabo spot game. Clemson wins this by 10 points. Yeah, this is a game I thought about just because, I mean, my Miami is just going down again. I mean, Cristobal, it started with the Georgia Tech uh, game and they've – and they got killed by UNC last week. So, yeah, I don't, I don't hate this. Clemson, i still not sold on them, though. That's why I'm staying away from it. Because the biggest thing was the cause of the concern after the uh, Wake Forest game. But I, I think you're on the right side here. I don't hate the over 48 and a half here. If this uh, game is like 33 yeah. to 20 or so, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I could see that easily, honestly. Yeah, that's probably a nice over to take for sure. Yeah, I don't hate that. Are you playing the Pac-12 for your last game? No, I'm playing the probably the game of the week. I'm playing the game of the week. All right, let's go there. Penn State, Ohio State. Yeah, all right. So the shoe, uh, Penn State coming to town. I, I'm i just – I don't know what – you know, I'm just not sold on this Penn State team yet. I think defensively, I think they're they're legit. I have no doubt they're legit. But I've, I've watched a lot of their games, actually. Um, and offensively, they've been struggling. They've been struggling to run the ball. This is going to be the best defense they faced all year by far. Um, I think Alar, who had all the hype coming into this year, he really hasn't 
how to do anything fancy. So I, I like Ohio State four and a half here. I like them cover the four and a half. I can get you four, a better take, number. Yeah, I mean, I'll take four. I mean, the thing that worries me is about all the injuries for Ohio State, but I think it being at Ohio State, honestly, it, it plays in Penn State's favor that big that uh, Fox does the stupid big noon kickoff and that this is not a <laughs> night game. Because if this was a night game, I think the spread would be even higher. But since it's a noon kickoff, I think it's lower. But it, this is more show me something Penn State so that I can believe because, you know, James Franklin, he, he can never win the big game either. So this is kind of show me for him too. And all, there's a lot of hype around this Penn State team right now. So they need to step up, and I, I just don't know if they're there yet. Like you said, James Franklin, he wins the games he should win. Yep. But, I mean, he loses what he needs to lose, like per Vegas, literally. Vegas can map out Penn State's. That's why you don't bet Penn State over under because you know they're going to, like, Lose to Ohio State, Michigan may have one more blip, but for the most part, they're gonna like win every other game they can. It's it's definitely a tough spot. I I was going back and forth with um a guy at work. He said take Ohio State. He said Ohio State big. It's just so hard to bet on Penn State in this spot. So if I was you, I would lay four with Ohio State, just knowing they have the best player on the field, and if he can just throw the ball up. I mean, so, yeah. he's liable. I mean, after the catch, you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. I think I, Penn State's wide receivers are just – they're it's one of the weakest parts, I think, of their whole team because you really don't know much about their wide receivers. Like I said, uh, Alar hasn't – he hasn't had to do anything because they've kind of just gotten up on teams. But they haven't played anybody. I mean, they just – they've struggled against – or, I mean, they, they just haven't struggled against anybody. So he hasn't had to do anything. So this is going to be the biggest test for him. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm interested to see. Interesting. Um, I know we have light slates, but there's a bunch more good games. I don't know if you would call this a good game, but what do you think about the Mountaineers this week? Well, Gundy. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma State's starting to play well, too, um, after that what uh, South Alabama beating at home a few weeks ago. They turned around. They beat Kansas State. Um, they won last weekend again. This, this game kind of worries me because I don't know how our guys are going to react after losing the Hail Mary last week. Uh, I think that, I think I saw that the, the weather's not supposed to be that great. Well, maybe it's changed a little bit. I thought it was supposed to be rainy, which probably played into our favor. But I think this game's kind of toss-up. Um, I think this is this was in a neutral spot. It would probably be a pick'em just because I just I don't know. I just don't know what to, I haven't really watched any of Oklahoma State either, so I think it'd be kind of a back and forth game. So I'm I'm staying away from it. Yeah, I saw Oklahoma State play that Friday night game a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, it's Kansas State. Yeah, they're just playing a lot. They're playing a lot better right now than they did at the beginning of the season. So if I was you, I would be a little concerned. But oh, I am. Trust me. I mean, anything with West Virginia playing anybody, I'm concerned. I'd say I'm hoping for you. Um, what other games? I think Northwestern's going to beat Nebraska. You think so? Yeah, for sure. This is a spot that Matt Rule loses. And Nebraska, he's going to make a coaching mistake, and it's going to screw him. I'm telling you watch it it may be worth a light little sprinkle 
Well, I mean, the money line. If, if you think they're going to win, you should take the 11 and a half then. I should, but I'm not. Staying disciplined this week. I mean, they just went out of Illinois last week. Or, uh, um, what else we got? Ole Miss going to Auburn. Yeah, that game's interesting. Is um Hugh Freeze gonna get his old school? He's gonna six, win six and a half. Six and a half should be close. Yeah, I mean, if the, if there's one game that he's gonna win, it's probably this one because I I did think he'll he'll win a big game this year. Um, I mean, they, shoot, they had Georgia and then they choked that away, which. By the way, we should talk about Georgia losing Brock Bowers because that's a huge loss. Um, you know, when I saw it said tightrope's going to be four to six weeks, didn't Tua come back in like two weeks Yeah, at Bama that one year? I think yeah. they had a like bye week and then Milrow played against Arkansas, beat them then. Or maybe was it Bryce or Tua? Tua had the tightrope, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we saw Tua like two weeks later. I think he's going to come back a little sooner. Um, well, it yeah, depending on who they play. Um, Let me look at that. Actually. Another one, we, we mentioned it earlier, Duke-Florida State. I think if Duke had Riley Leonard, I I mean, I also don't think the spread would be 14.5 probably. But if they had Riley Leonard, I mean, that, that Duke defense is legit. I don't think I don't think people – I don't think they're getting enough credit. They're very um, good. Yeah, if, if Duke had Riley Leonard, I could see them – I could see them going in there and pulling an upset, but – they're gonna have to throw the ball a lot more than they did against CC State, and I just don't, I don't see it happening. So I don't, I don't see the upset happening. I don't either. I don't think that Duke covers fourteen and a half in Tallahassee either. Really? I think that no. I think the backup quarterback is probably gonna be a little too much to bite off. I think the defense will probably hold through three, and then Florida State breaks it open at the end. The the other the last one that I really Utah at USC. Um, what does USC do after kind of just getting demolished by Notre Dame? I mean, Utah, it's at this point, it's like we know Cam Rising's not coming back this year. I mean, no, he's, he's not playing. Yeah, like people need to stop saying if Cam Rising's playing because he's not, he's not coming back. I think we're, we're in week eight, there's four more weeks of the regular season, he's not coming back. But it'd be interesting because you know, Utah doesn't have a great offense, but. Defense like, is pretty good. Yeah, their defense is legit, and I feel like USC can make any bad offense look decent. So I'm interested to see how that goes back and forth because right now USC is a seven-point favorite in this. But, I mean, I, I can see Utah pulling off the upset here, honestly. It's in LA. I think that they cover more often than not. Yeah. But then again, if their defense gave up a backdoor cover, who would be shocked, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The def- defensively, they're just so bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but th- it's, it's good games in every time slot this week. So I'd say for football action, I know in this household, 3.30, we're not switching the TV. But yeah, <laughs> it'll yeah, I mean, it'll be entertaining. The games yesterday or last week, the, the noon slot wasn't very good, but the 3.30 was fantastic. And then the night wasn't bad either. Yeah, Oregon State capping it off. And then yeah. like Oregon-Washington – yeah, yeah, that yeah, that was fantastic. That was that was a treat for sure. Last week. All right, let's go ahead and look at these sheets and get the power parlay ready. So now, in Coastal Barbecue, we'll play South Carolina, Missouri over fifty eight and a half. So, uh, did did you want that one officially, Brett? 
Which one? South Carolina? Um, no, I, I can find another one on here. Okay. Wait, did, did you lock that up? Yeah, no, I locked it up on my card, though. Okay, cool. Hold on. Let me shift your place. All right, I got you squared away. So that should look correct for your place for the week. Yeah. See. I'm taking Charlotte ECU under 40 and a half. I think I'm going to stick with the Iowa three and a half. Nice. I'm so tempted to take that on over under two. But I'm going <laughs> to stay away from it. All right, uh, everybody. Power parlay. UNC Charlotte in the swamp under 40 and a half. Iowa th- lay in three and a half. And then South Carolina, Missouri over 58 in a hook. Light slate, probably the lightest one that we're going to have for the rest yeah. of the year. And I will say next week, I will make a concerted effort um, either Sunday or you know later this week to go through and tally up our over-unders because I'm sure there's some things that's already locked up. Oh, yeah. I know my Washington under that shot, that, that's, that's a miss. Yeah, I think I took the over on that, so I should be sitting pretty. The Vanderbilt over, I took that shot. There's no way that's happening. I think the over under was like four or five and a half. I think they're gonna they'll be lucky if they get three wins. <laughs> I heard that. All right. Well, we are going to shut it down. Nice quick episode with just the two of us. Uh, hey, real, real quick though, I have oh, yeah, a yeah. question. All right. So I heard this on the radio. Um, so let's say Big Twelve, uh, Oklahoma goes undefeated during the college football playoff. Right? They they get through the Big Twelve championship undefeated. Same thing mm-hmm. with Aaron. one of the Big Tens, um, either Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, one of them goes undefeated, their end. Um, ACC, Florida State goes undefeated, their end. All right, so what happens if we get to – so now we're down to Pac-12 and uh, SEC. I personally think the Pac-12 is probably the best conference right now, honestly. From top to bottom, I, agree. I think the best conference. What happens if you have either a one-loss Oregon or Washington – or yeah, one loss Oregon or Washington because they face off in the Pac-12 championship. And then you have a one loss Georgia that wins the SEC championship, but they lose somewhere. Or let's say they lose in the SEC championship, okay? So they've gone all the way through the through the, through the season, but lose in the SEC championship. And then you have the winner of the, let's just say, uh, Washington loses in the SEC championship too. Who, who are you putting in from the uh, – when you already have the Big 12, Big 10, and ACC undefeated teams that are already in, who are you putting in from – are you putting in the SEC, the SEC championship winner, or the Pac-12 championship winner? So it'll be the Pac-12 championship winner because it'll be a rematch of Oregon and Washington. If Washington wins, uh, they're probably undefeated at that point. Yeah. They're automatically yeah, getting in. But let's just say if Oregon wins – you got to give Oregon the nod because, again, they played a tougher schedule. Georgia hasn't looked great this season. I will say they've done what they needed to do, and they've won games. Has it been as good as having Stetson Bennett back there the last two years? No, it has not. But when everyone talks about the eye test, the eye test, that that one-loss Oregon team would get in before a one-loss Georgia team, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean – I, I, I agree, too, because I think, that, like I said, I think top to bottom, the Pac-12 is better than the SEC. But my thing is, is the committee, like like I was hearing them talk about, is the committee going to leave out 
the back-to-back national champions, Georgia, for the Pac-12. I mean, I think it's just a fascinating thing to kind of think about because I don't know if they would, even though Oregon, if they won the Pac-12 championship, deserves to probably be in. I will say if it's a one-loss SEC team, a one-loss Pac-12 team, and an undefeated ACC team, I wouldn't be shocked if there's, like, national media trying to keep Florida State out of the thing. Well, that would be stupid, though, because they would have had, let's say, Chapel Hill, because they would probably play Chapel Hill at this point in the in the finals. And honestly, Chapel Hill might be able to run the table before they get there. So that's probably a top yeah. 10 Chapel Hill. That's probably a top 10 uh, Chapel Hill team. And then Florida State still has that win against LSU at the beginning of the year. So I, I would, it would be hard to imagine that they could leave them out. It would be hard. I will say that this would be the hardest year to lose a game and still get in because by the way the season shook out through seven weeks, yeah, there's going to be probably an undefeated team in every single conference. There could be. There's five conferences. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State's getting in. The Big Ten winner's going to get in, most likely Michigan. So I will say my guess would be Oklahoma 1, Michigan 2, Florida State 3, Washington 4, Florida State Washington. You can maybe flip them. But, again, if it just comes down to resume and everybody has a zero in the loss column, I think Georgia's got to get left out. I know. That's what makes it fascinating. I don't know if it's exactly going to play that way out, though. Um, Of course it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but if it does, what does the committee do? That's going to be the main thing because somebody's going to deserve to be in there. Not, like if an undefeated team from a Power 5 conference, if there's five undefeated, I, I just it's going to be fascinating. I'm excited. That's, that's yeah. why you line up and kick the ball off. It is why, but somebody, there's a chance somebody gets knocked out. That's why. That's what I thought. I thought it was interesting to bring it up. I think the entire world's going to be rooting. Well, let's not forget Georgia has a stretch where they play Tennessee, Missouri, and I think there's one more ranked team somewhere on their schedule. So Georgia's got a little bit of shrapnel in their case. I think if Brock Bowers is out four whole weeks, they have a bye this week, and then in the fourth week they would end up playing Tennessee. Uh, let me pull it up really quickly. So Georgia. Has the run up to that cocktail party next week, Missouri, yeah. then Tennessee. Um, it, I mean, Florida could be ranked again next week. I mean, we know how SEC bias works. But, yeah, Georgia isn't out of the woods scot-free. They still have some work to do, yeah. and they have to win, like, pretty. Kirby has to start pouring yeah, it on right yeah. now. I mean, they have to – I, I still think back – losing Brock Bowers, I think, is still a big, big loss because – I mean, he he carried them out of that Auburn game a couple weeks ago. If it was yeah, him, literally him, it was it. Yeah, they would not have won that game without him. So I'm intrigued to see kind of what they do. Who does Carson Beck go to? So it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating seeing how it all all unfolds here going forward. All right, man. Well, enjoy the games this weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you in the chat. Let's hope for an 11 and 0 week. Yeah, let's or it'd be 12 and 0. You added a play. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna lose that. <laughs> All right, we're going to let Tupac take us out. I'll holler at you, dude. All right, sounds good. Bye.